when patriots become heroes. The Super Marvel Bros watched Captain America, the first Avenger, and here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the Super Marvel Bros podcast, the podcast where me and my brother, Zach Flowers, talk about every single Marvel movie, every piece of content, the TV shows. Once we get around to that, we're going to be talking about it all going from start to the end. And you know what? I've got my co-host with me, as always, Zach Flowers here. Zach, how are you doing? I'm good. I don't know how I can take all this any stupid with me because you're taking it all with you. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, we just did the one other episode. So, you know, I'm trying to do all I can. I did a lot of talking during that last one. So I'm running out of brain juice to keep myself going. So this might be you. <laughs> That's why I got a nice brain juice with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're here talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. The, I guess some people consider this to be a prequel movie because it does take place before everything else. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a prequel. I would just say it's an origin movie that takes place before everything else because this is a universe, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, he's the first Avenger until we get to Captain Marvel where they try to say she's the first Avenger. But right now, Captain America, he's our first Avenger. So, Zach, overall, what, uh, what were your thoughts about this movie? Um, this one's my favorite one in phase one, uh, I think. I think this one, uh, I don't know why. I just love this movie a lot. Uh, seen it many times, so this rewatch wasn't even too big of a deal. I was like, all right, I'll just watch this movie again. I think uh, this is definitely one of my favorite. I think not just in phase one, but in the whole Marvel entire, in the whole MCU, just because I think they do a really good job of making it a period piece of putting it in the past, but still making it that cool sort of action superhero movie. And I think does better job of action scenes and having it consistent action with being taking place in the forties than a lot of the movies that take place in present day do. I mean, I would definitely say that I do like this movie. I don't think I'd go as far as you saying it's your favorite in phase one. I still prefer the first Iron Man movie a little bit more, but I did have a lot of fun watching this movie a lot. I do think it's one of the more underrated ones. A lot of people don't like it because of the fact that there's like three or four, there's like three different montages, I think, throughout this movie, or maybe there's two, but people don't really like that. And they also think Red Skull is kind of a goofy villain. So, and I can almost sort of see where they're coming up, coming from on that. But I wouldn't call this a bad superhero movie, and I don't think it would be on the bottom half. I think this is probably going to overall be middle of the pack for me, but I also, I do really like this movie too. Like, I don't like it as much as you, but I do like it, so. 
Oh yeah, I'm all in on everything. Right, like I think it's stupid what they end up doing with Red Skull, how he ends up protecting the Soul Stone. But I think in this movie, it works. Yeah, I mean, Red Skull in this movie is like his villain is sort of just like I don't know. He felt like an old man waving his fist at Captain America, <laughs> kind of from the back, <laughs> just like I'll get you next time. So, but I mean, he he was all right, and we can get more into this as we go through. But let's jump in from the very beginning. We have our very last Paramount movie. Um, pour one out for Paramount because they're going to be done after this, and we're going to be fully Disney. So I think no, I think Avengers. I think. Uh, Paramount still made it, but it was already sold to Disney by the time they made it. Oh, really? Oh, I thought... Yeah. Well, then don't pour one out. I guess we still have one more. Keep it poured in. (laughs) Keep it poured in. I hope you didn't pour it out yet. Um, But yes, we've got Paramount, and right away we start out seeing that we're somewhere in the Arctic, and we're trying to find, we're trying to see what's going on. You know, there's a lot, a lot of mystery behind like why we're here. And it turns out it's going to be Captain America's crash ship. Yep, we get the shield in the ice, and it's go time, baby. Then we jump right to Norway, 1942. <laughs> yeah, and that's where we get our first introduction of uh, Hugo Weaving before he peels his face off. So we get introduced yeah. to him. And I think that also this uh, this scene where they're in Norway and they sort of tie it together with Thor, which is the movie that we just saw before this, sort of really just getting that whole universe integrated. I really like that, how this whole movie takes place because that the Thor one is like a real thing and that they were around in the past. So I think that really, really engages like the viewer and stuff into the Marvel universe. Yeah, without a doubt. And then we also will get introduced to Steve Rogers. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy, but he has the most heart. And that really speaks to how his character is going to be throughout these entire movies. He's just, he's always for the little guy because he knows what it's like to be the little guy. He never wants to be with the bullies. He just wants to fight for those who can't fight the battles and he wants to help out people because he's got the big heart. And that big heart is eventually what's going to make them want to give him the super soldier serum uh, to make him eventually Captain America. And I'll be honest, like, I know I've been saying, like, uh, what's his name? Ed Norton was okay as Hulk. Um, I thought Chris Hemsworth as Thor in that first movie was also kind of just fine. Like, he wasn't anything special. I do think Chris Evans does a very good job being Captain America and Steve Rogers, like, right out the gate, right on this first movie. Like, you can tell that he is somebody who truly embodies the character of Steve Rogers throughout these movies. And right here in the first one, like, he just gets it right away. Definitely. I think that the two strongest performance performers we have probably in this first phase are him and downey for tony stark and those end up being the two top characters yeah. in the entire arc so they picked they picked <laughs> they picked the they, right horses to, to follow got, on that they got home runs on the two most important batters so that's uh that's what really matters but yeah and i also thought that the way they use the technology to make 
uh, Chris Evans look skinny because sometimes they would just use a body double and they would still superimpose his face onto the actor. And then other times they went to like a plastic surgery type of special effects thing. And then like on any of the exterior shots, like I'm pretty sure when he's drinking with the one scientist and is about to take a shot, I'm pretty sure they just digitally like unenhanced his muscles to make yeah. him look really skinny. And I mean, honestly, those effects, they, they it still looks really good, which I'm surprised about. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie's 10 years old at this point, and it still holds up, I think. Uh, his entire, we don't even get to him being his actual size until yeah. maybe around like 30, 30, 40 minutes into the movie. But that whole entire time, even though you know what that it's pretty much all either CGI, like you said, um, or body doubles, it works. Yeah, they did a really good job of it, and it really still helps with, like, making you feel as though uh, this is just, like, the small guy wanting to do everything with the big heart, and, like, they really nailed it on that, too, because that is just as important to the character of getting that moment of special effects done right. Yeah. So, And I think Dr. Uh, Stanley Tucci's uh, character, I think that's who it um, if you want to compare him to uh, Tony Stark's uh, in the cave, like mentor person, I I I prefer this one more. I think he, uh, I don't know. You feel? I think there's this Marvel movie has a little more heart to it, and that you really feel. And I think that's why it's such an enjoyable movie uh, to yeah. rewatch. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the scientist guy, like, yeah, I think I would put him and the cave guy who I know I was ranting about in the Iron Man episode, but I already forgot his name. I know that to me, they're both like, they should both be on like the same level because if it wasn't for them finding the right people, like helping them out at the right time, then it like the whole universe itself, it wouldn't be the same. So how about that? Like they, uh, they get some credit there for helping, yeah. helping out our heroes. So eventually Steve Rogers, he will get the super soldier serum and become the beefcake we all know him to be today as Captain <laughs> America. And of course, the first thing he says after, how do you feel? I feel taller. Pretty great line right there. It is. And then uh, that takes us right into the uh, chase scene. Um, I had that in my notes. Uh, really enjoyed, even though it's just a basic sort of chase scene, action scene, him getting to learn about his I wouldn't call it powers, but I guess like abilities yeah. um, that he has and being the super soldier trying to make quick turns and he runs into the bridal shop and stuff because he doesn't know how to use his body yet. Yeah. I thought it was really, it just wasn't like, like haha funny, but it was like, you know, he's getting used to from being a little twerp to a yeah. <laughs> big hulking mang. I was thinking of an American dad when Stan gets the baby legs from Roger's <laughs> little like goo thing that he puts on him. And he's like, oh no, can't turn, have to jump it. It's like, even he's just learning how to use the legs yeah. again. So yeah. And it really was a great job of like, even showing like he's just a regular guy, essentially just with all the steroids in the world put into him. And now he's able to chase down a car and a submarine and like get after him. So it really, yeah, he's definitely the fastest swimmer to ever swim <laughs> right away that he can chase a submarine down by just 
doing a regular swimming underwater. I also like how the guy who was chasing, like he was chasing after, he throws the kid into the water. And then when he tries to go to the kid, the kid's like, no, nah, I can swim. Go get him. It's like, yeah, yeah wait a don't second. Worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like, don't worry about it. I feel like that happens so much in like superhero movies and even action movies where somebody's like afraid of getting thrown in water, but it's like you can't swim or tread for a minute. <laughs> like, yeah. and they have to go. I know out. that in the, uh, I remember playing those Assassin's Creed video games where if you just throw the guard in like the water, they instantly <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, of course, people know how to swim at this point. Like, it just go after the more important like threat. So <laughs> I liked that, yeah. uh, that little touch. That was a nice, fun little thing right there. Yeah. Um, and then also just building um, in between all these other scenes, they're building up Hydra and how that sort of. It, they're Nazis. I think they start off as Nazis, and then they pretty much are their own they're, separate thing by the end of like the first. Yeah, they're essentially Nazis, but they don't care if you're Jewish or not. If you're not with them, you're against them. So they're yeah. just like fully there. They're not, so. I mean, they are worse than Nazis. <laughs> I think. I think uh, George Lucas definitely watched the uh, scene where he uh, took the Tesseract and. Uh, was putting into weapons and blowing up the people and he was like oh i think we need to remake raiders now <laughs> some more <laughs> digital effects <laughs> yeah this was much. tickling him right where he itched <laughs> it's right what he wanted to see <laughs> captain america steve rogers he's sort of just a public figure at this point he's touring the nation he's going on stage they're making comic Go through books the punching hitler sort of montage he pretty much he's a superstar at this point but you know obviously steve doesn't like this he doesn't care for it because he wants to be on the front lines he wants to be with all the soldiers and i mean they gave him the serum for a reason and they're just using him as just like this public figure so yeah i think they uh i liked the montage because it has that sort of because it is a period piece that it has like the like the sort of music where it's like that peppy sort of like Captain America. I'll be <laughs> honest. Of, when when that song the, was, it didn't it didn't take me out of it. It was like, all right, this is just how it is. Look, I'll be honest. When that song played again during the credits, I actually listened to the whole thing because it's not a bad song. It does fit the timepiece very well. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, I kind of want to listen to all of this that's going. It on. It wasn't out of place. You can't have just some like non. I don't know, just some random montage. It's, yeah. the, it's supposed to be in the 40s. That's like big in that day. So I, Yeah, I will say that. Like, even though I don't think the music is like the most memorable, I do think that all the instruments that were utilized, it still did have that 1940s feel to it. So the music did also really help put a good job of setting you in the early 1940s. So that was pretty good with that, too um eventually um, then when they they eventually get to europe where he's doing his sort of dog and pony show for the actual soldiers who are in <laughs> in the actual business i wrote down in my notes uh that i'm putting uh comedy bang bangs uh dom de Mello in the mcu <laughs> by somebody yelling bring out the girls <laughs> <laughs> yes it's definitely bring out the girls <laughs> we need something in there for daddy <laughs> that's where he gets his inspiration from to become <laughs> dom de Mello, theatrical director <laughs> Music but anyway that's that's for about the out of our out of our out of our sixteen listeners. That's for about one person. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I also like how they start throwing tomatoes at him because I was thinking, oh, it's always got to be tomatoes. Where do they even get the tomatoes? <laughs> it's an old cliche, but it's supposed to take place in the old times, so exactly. it makes sense. It's always the tomatoes that get them. Yeah, where did they get those tomatoes? <laughs> when they wouldn't they eat them? Yeah, exactly. My next thing. <laughs> They're just wasting it. <laughs> Bring out the girls. <laughs> so steve that takes us to the, yeah i was gonna say then that, that takes us to the hydra base infiltration steve essentially is the one-man army that we all know and love and he's coming in being like i'm saving everyone i gotta get my boy bucky like i gotta do this my way or the highway i don't even care anymore and it all worked itself out because he is a super soldier and like even the red skull knew that he's just like oh we're way outmatched they're like they have a super soldier let's blow this place up we're not gonna yeah he, he knows he knows and i think like again it just it, it i love the action in this where it's just like you got the base blown up you have the people even though it's uh, set in the 40s they're using the hydra weapons which are just disintegrating yeah. people i thought it was a really cool mix of past and future were uh, you able to really notice well. were you able to notice how for um sometimes whenever they would fire the cannons it sounded almost the exact same as tony stark's uh cannons firing when he's in the iron man suit i did not notice that <laughs> i didn't pay that <laughs> i didn't i didn't notice that but yeah take it was word for it, it was like the same type of like sound that was going on so i noticed that happening i mean it also helps that we've been watching these movies back to back so oh yeah that was something but yeah that was going on i also like how once he does the once he meets up with red skull then he's just like screw it i'm gonna just take off my face at this point yeah, i did like the red skull like full-on reveal because they kind of tease it earlier where he's getting like painted and they just show like the silhouette and i did like the actual ripping off his face yeah and his face and like he's just off he's just committing to being red skull yeah and then of course they have to escape and when <laughs> when steve rogers is like opening up the metal right before he can make the jump i was thinking of national lampoon's vacation of him being like all right this is crazy this is crazy this is crazy right before he does the jump on the explosion yeah, a little more successful in this one <laughs> of a jump. Yeah, but that was my next thought. Uh, and then we have uh, during the sort of, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call, I count it kind of as an action scene too, but um, I guess it's a montage where they're destroying the bases. Um, we got our Stan Lee cameo. It's just a general <laughs> yeah. in this one. I, I had think, to write that down. I think he, this one is maybe my favorite of the cameos mainly because it's incredibly blatant like they don't even care about hiding it anymore or making it a secret they're just like no 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 everybody knows at this point so let's make it super obvious and that's where we're going to start getting more and more obvious as we go along yeah i think it definitely helps that helps set that tower they just don't care it's it's not integral to the story it's just you're putting stanley in the movie it's something that everybody knows you're gonna get so let's just make it happen because that's what people want to see so we get him showing up as the general. Um, he's put. He's got a vibranium put, shield up, up, up at this point. Um, he's getting the vibranium shield. So another point that I want to bring up, and I know this is something that's going to be more of an interest to me than it is to you as we go along. Um, the question of is Captain America a virgin throughout all these movies? Because I don't think that I've had this conversation with my friends and we're pretty much 50-50 on this. So I kind of want to go through and see 
is he a virgin throughout all these movies? Because all the women love him, but there's never actually any inclination that he ever gets with the women because he loves Agent Carter so much. And I mean, proof right here, he could have been with Natalie Dormer, but at the end of the day, he's just like, oh no, I got to be with uh, Agent Carter, Peggy. Like, I got to be with her. So, so far- I'm with saying that, yes. So far with I'm Captain saying, America- I'm saying that helps, gives him his power. <laughs> so far, like Steve singing. So far with Captain America 1, yes, he is definitely a virgin. So I just am going to try to keep track of this as we go along. And it's something that I know I'll be interested in because, again, I've had this debate with my friends. So let's see as this I goes think- on. <laughs> I think I think he is because it gives him his, his superpowers and stuff and keeps him totally focused on the mission. <laughs> there He's go. never distracted. He's always committed to the mission. And it's like in American Dad with uh, The Weeknd, his virgin powers, his ball sack eventually becomes a time machine. So then they're able to do all the time travel stuff yeah. in Endgame. <laughs> exactly so and i mean then it makes the payoff even better when he's like yeah i think i'm gonna be with peggy now i don't want to keep doing this stuff just let me be with yeah he wants to have his life yeah okay so that's just something i'm gonna keep track of as we go along with captain america so um in the in the montage though so if we're getting back to the actual movie yeah instead of in the montage where they're destroying the the uh hydra bases we get the uh trailer moment of the shield throw yeah just that whole scene i think of the that montage even though it is a montage it still i think has some good action and some good uh yeah parts in it like them working as a team him and the howling commandos working as a team blowing up all the nazi slash hydra bases and Which... all the tanks and stuff i think that was really cool by the way, let's also not forget, I don't know if you have this down in your character notes, but the Asian guy that was a part of his team is also going to be the grandfather of the principal in Spider-Man Homecoming because they're played by the exact same actor. So Marvel was like, let's just make that canon. So you better mark that down. <laughs> I will mark that down now. I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just another thing that happens right there. Uh, while the montage was happening... Even though I do like this movie, it almost made me think this could have been a really good TV show because then at every episode, if you make it like six episodes or something, then like three of the episodes, you can have them infiltrating a new Hydra base and just like blowing it up. And that can be your big like third act climax of the end of the episode. I think if Disney Plus was around in 2011, I think there probably would have been a Howling Commandos show. Yeah. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a need for it now because we're so far past like that in the in the MCU. But I think if that sort of streaming and all all that technology was around back then, um, as it is now, I think they definitely would have produced a show for it. Because back then, even they had like the Agent Carter stuff, but you had to put a show on TV <laughs> where they just don't have to worry about doing that now. Yeah, exactly. They can do whatever they want to do. Like it doesn't exactly. Matter. Yeah. So we get to then the famous train sequence. That's the essentially line slash train scene. Yes. Cause this is essentially going to be like a part of not only like, of course this is huge with Bucky, but this is really going to affect cap and everything going on with him through his whole arc because it's going to make him think, who can I trust anymore? Like, can I actually save everyone? So this whole train sequence of him losing Bucky is actually going to be a huge moment right here. And I thought the train sequence was pretty good. It was a nice, nice little enjoyable moment. A lot of just 
claustrophobic action, which was really cool. You know, we haven't seen something like that. So it really worked, I thought. I like a good train fight and stuff. And especially, we keep talking about it, it's a 40s movie. Trains are an old like piece of technology that we don't really use much or see much anymore. I liked it. I liked seeing it. I liked um, the entire action of uh when him and bucky are fighting bucky's out of bullets so he uses the shield and just like uses sort of the luggage to punch the guy and yeah they're able to toss the guns it was i I like that scene a lot um i think it sucks that bucky died and obviously we know just from spoiler if you've never seen any of these movies and you're watching and you're listening if you're living under a rock (laughs) if you're listening under a rock uh, he's obviously not dead forever. It's like anybody in comics, but yeah, he, he uh, it was a really, really powerful scene because that's his best friend and stuff that he loses. So I think that really sets the tone for the rest of the movie of how he's like going to stop at nothing to, yeah. Like and his, his friend made the ultimate sacrifice. So I think it comes to fruition in the end where he's like, he knows what he has to do. Like, yeah. And uh, after Bucky's death, we try to see Cap trying to get drunk, but he's like so powerful in his cells, regenerator, whatever he was saying, so he can yeah. never get drunk. So he's not the most fun drinking buddy, but you know, still seems like a good guy. He's a good guy. He's <laughs> a good guy, just not a good drinking buddy. <laughs> so then we get to our big final climax of them trying to stop like our long it's a very long action scene which i liked don't get me wrong but it's i think the whole entire what third like final act is just all action which is awesome that's another reason why i love this movie (laughs) it's it's infiltrating the base and then it's him going up against red skull on the plane so it is just like it's pretty much action happening with like small little spurts of just like talking so exposition Yeah. yeah Pretty much. Uh, did you notice the Wilhelm scream that happened uh, when he's like on the motorcycle driving in? No. Oh, well, I noticed it. <laughs> I don't know what else I could tell you on that, but there is a Wilhelm scream in this movie um, that happens. And then once I liked also- the Endor style, I liked how on the motorcycle it was like an Endor style motorcycle chase. That's what it reminded me of is like the, uh, the speeder bike scene in Star Wars. Yeah. When, I thought uh, that was cool. And then they had a super long runway, like in Fast and Furious. Oh, my on When he's trying to catch the plane. And then also, like in Fast and Furious, the car had a NOS button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's probably why I enjoyed that little sequence right there of them chasing after the plane, because it did remind me of Fast and Furious. So that was a lot of fun right there. He gets on. Cat, Cat finally gets his kiss before he gets on, on yeah. the plane. Yes. Um, he says another famous line when he is on the plane up against Red Skull is, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. You know, love that. Still really shows he's just, he is just the kid from Brooklyn with a big heart right there. Yeah, he either stole that from LeBron or LeBron stole that from him. <laughs> oh, he stole that from LeBron. Come on. I mean, this is 2011, <laughs> LeBron 2003. I mean, come on. He stole it from LeBron. Let's be honest. He's just a kid from Akron. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring this up. So the bombs were like little tiny planes that people could fly, or were there little planes that also carried the bombs? I think they were suicide bombers, like kamikaze style. Okay. But they so were it was still a plane de- with a bomb. 
It was a plane designed like a bomb with a bomb in it. It was a bomb designed like a plane. Okay. Because I've always been confused about what the purpose of those were. I never even thought they're kamikaze pilots. I just thought... That's what I thought. I thought those people, they're like the brainwashed Hydra soldiers. They don't care. They kill themselves anytime they get captured anyway. They don't care about dying. They're going to go just do the mission. Yeah. I just think... I honestly think it might have just been the design of the planes. Like, they're designing them to look like bombs, yet they can fly like planes. I think that's the part that I'm always tripped up on and I'm confused as to what actual tactical purpose that brings other than let's make this plane that's going to be a bomb look like a bomb, but it's still a plane. Like, I think you're way overthinking this. <laughs> I mean, probably, but I don't it's know. It's a plane that they're going to crash into the city that's spray painted on top of the plane. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so goofy. And it's going to go boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy, but like, <laughs> still, I mean, the, these are the things that trip me up, the things that shouldn't, but they do. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Untrip yourself. <isn't> <laughs> <laughs> So, it's not it's not that crucial of a think piece i know but still whatever i'm we gotta move forward we we gotta get to the end of this so all right so cap is tossing bodies out the plane he fights like with, they're nothing fight scenes are cool uh i the only gripe not gripe but i guess thing that i don't really care for in this movie is the final sort of fight scene with red skull where he just like all of a sudden they they were like looking at their like the like watch and like oh crap we're at <laughs> we're at like 100 minutes like we got to wrap this thing up we're getting through we got to hurry up <laughs> but yeah yeah and he just so grabs he, he grabs it and he, becomes the soul stone protector i guess yeah so he but so he just like gets jettisoned off into space uh that we do, that we don't know and it's just sort of like uh they just sort of like, all right, yeah, he beat him. <laughs> it wasn't sort of like a battle that like had uh, too much like yeah. stakes and it, it like. I think that's just sort of they just sort of quickly like somebody was writing it or just like, oh yeah, then he just goes to space. <laughs> I think that's another reason why I think Red Skull is just kind of fine because he is like he is a more extreme Hitler and he does look cool, but at the end of the day. Most of what he's doing is kind of just shaking his fist at Captain America. He never really fights him. And they're two super soldiers that are supposedly equally matched up. So you'd think that there would yeah, be. A I would have liked a little more choreographed fights in this one, in yeah. this final scene where they're like actually fighting each other. But they got other stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. We got to have Cap make the ultimate sacrifice. Also another Sky Beam. I want to add that in. So that's Sky Beam number two we have in these Marvel You're movies. counting that as a... Uh, it's a beam that goes into the sky, Zach. Yes, it's a Sky Beam right at the word of death. Right. I'm counting that. Fine. Um, yeah, so he's got to take the plane down. He knows like he's got to make the ultimate sacrifice. He's going to die a hero. He obviously has all the stuff with uh with peggy where he's going through talking about the dance where we'll see that in about 20 films <laughs> finally pay that's off. gonna pay off in a very long time <laughs> yes but it's a very big payoff when, when we talk about that movie we will talk about that oh boy that's gonna be uh, a five-hour podcast <laughs> <laughs> that'll be will be a couple of, <laughs> we'll have to break that up we'll be like end, end of part one right before we get to the guardians coming in <laughs> yeah um 
Stark finds the Tesseract because it falls through the floor into the ocean, but they can't find Captain for another 70 years. Yeah. Uh, so and then he wakes up and he knows something's wrong because he's been to that baseball game. Yeah. So why would he be listening to it on the radio? Yeah. Runs out in the middle of Times Square. Kind of a cool scene. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way that he's kind of introduced into the modern world and I know it's a comic book movie, so clearly he's not going to, like, go insane by how many changes there are. He just, like, takes it so calmly, just like, oh, well, I had a date, but I guess I'm here now, so... Yeah. Why not? I'll (laughs) I'll go train. We get Nick Fury, obviously, coming in and stuff, and... And even Fury's like, yeah, that might have been a mistake on our part, the way we kind of introduced you into this, so... Yeah. (laughs) Our bad. And there's your move. We're back to present time. I had a date. Then we get the post-credit scene. Yes. AKA, this... AKA, AKA a trailer. That's probably oh. why they had to wrap up the fight scene so much. They're like, like, we just want to get to the trailer for Avengers. It's, that's, it's not even a scene. It's literally uh, a trailer for I, Avengers. I loved it. I, I'm glad that they made that bad. I wish more movies would have trailers for the future movie instead of a little tease. Get me hyped up in a, in a way like that, you know? Give me that oh, first. Oh, it got footage. hyped. It was just, it was for, for post-credit scene, I don't even want to call it a post-credit scene, it is a post-credit trailer. Well, call it whatever you want. I loved it. <laughs> I loved the yeah. trailer because it made me be like, oh man, it's about to get real next, like coming up next. Coming up next on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have the Avengers coming together. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what they did was just... I say, hey, here's this. Remember all those movies you watched? Now it's going to matter. <laughs> Next time on Marvel. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty much. This is like basically just a TV series of two hour long episodes. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, our MCU heroes now at this point, we obviously have Captain America from this movie. So, he's the first Avenger. So, I'll name him first. Yeah. Then we got Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, Hawkeye. War Machine. You know, I'm going to count Nick Fury as a hero. Why not? Yeah. Let's put him in the heroes list. Okay. Uh, some others from this movie, Aiden Carter. She got her own spinoff. She's obviously important. Right. Uh, Howard Stark. He was in the spinoff. Bucky. You got Red Skull. Dr. Zola. The Howling Commandos. And like you said, the principal <laughs> from Far From Home's grandson. <laughs> Grant, no, his grandfather. Grandfather, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, major. That's like Martin Starr from uh, Incredible yeah, Hulk. exactly from Incredible Hulk. <laughs> like, why not? Um, Wait, so would that then for the we're heroes, not counting, we're not for for the heroes. What? Would that mean we count Peter Parker because he was technically an Iron Man too? Not yet. He is just he's the future Peter Parker. <laughs> okay. I counted him as an MCU other. Okay, but um, I think obviously we can't call Captain Marvel because it's the 40s and she's not alive yet. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. Like, not even Nick Nick Fury's not even born. So, like, I mean, come on. Right. What do we got the stats on this movie? Stats on this movie. So we have a budget of 140 to 216.7 million, somewhere in between there, I guess. They probably in the high end with all of PR. I'm, I'm almost always going to go high end in this instance, and a box office of 370.6 million. So it really did not do oh, very good at the box do, office. It, yeah, it didn't do great at the box office, but. I don't and know. it was like it was said, released in July, July twenty second. So maybe if they could have pushed it up to the fourth of July weekend, it probably would have done better. But 
that's all well, that uh, I guess we don't know what else was out in the theaters uh, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that it, research. It it was it was 2011. I'll give you a hint. Something that wasn't that good. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Fast Five. Um, the Fast Five crowd was probably still pretty active. They were just uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for, obviously for me, I'm watching this. On t- if it's on TV, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I this is one of my favorite ones. Is this first? Uh, to to me, first Captain America. To me, this is like with Independence Day in that I will definitely watch it on the Fourth of July without a doubt. It's <laughs> it's a good patriotic movie to watch on the Fourth of July. Coming back from the fireworks, FX has got it on, and we're already getting to the training sequence at the base, so we're already ready at that. Um, not on the 4th of July. You know what? I'll, I'll see what moment it's at. If, if it's at a moment that I'm like, you know what? This is a fun scene here. Again, I got like 10 minutes to kill before an episode of King of Queens comes on FYI. Then why not? I'll just I'll watch it then. But that's, that's probably about as far as I'll go. I don't think I'll start from beginning to end or just like be like, oh, got to watch it here. I mean, this is on. But, you know, I'll see. I'll see what moment it's at. Fair enough. Well, I guess in uh, the terms of Marvel, this was sort of the last sort of setup punch they had because it's all about the Avengers movies when it comes to this uh, universe. So yeah. this was the last sort of building block we have and we, or a slash we needed to get into the next movie that they gave us the full-on trailer for <laughs> in the post-credits. So, uh, yeah, next up is Avengers. We are full-on into getting phase one done and then heading into that stellar slash smeller <laughs> stellar slash smeller phase two. Yeah. I can't wait to get into phase two. It's a uh, very hit and miss, but I think the hits hit hard and the misses hits miss hit. hard. So yes, it'll be uh it'll be definitely be an interesting watch through for phase two. So, uh, but Hey, next time is Avengers. So, yeah, we at least got that going for us. <laughs> Can't wait for that. We we've had five movies of buildup, so it's about to pay off. We're about, finally about to get to the climax. <laughs> <laughs> the climax of everything before we get to the next climax, then another, yes. then another. So this is climax. Hey, then, then then phase three is all climax. <laughs> <laughs> it's climax one of like seven we're about to have right yes. here. So. <laughs> Phase three is multiple climaxes. All right, enough climax time. <laughs> We're out of here. If you would like more of the Super Marvel Bros podcast, please do not forget to hit subscribe right there on Spotify and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Marvel Bros Pod. Thank you very much for listening.